0: Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time
1: to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your
0: trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bat Flip, episode 87, and to recap your week 11 fab action on the NFBC, take some listener questions, and much, much more, as always. You can find myself on Twitter at BDintrick, and my co-host is always, well, mostly always, he took the week off last week because he had, I don't blame him, he went to an awesome place in Alaska. Don't blame him at all. No judgment here. I saw the, I saw the desserts he made, I saw yeah. all the good stuff, plus he got the pinch hit on the Probably best podcast in the world. So he's kind of a world star now. I'm surprised he came back to the show. You can find Bubba. him on Twitter at app, app, Toby, How we doing, man?
1: Bubba, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, no, uh, had a great week. I um I'm as Bubba mentioned, I'm very lucky. My uh, my family lives in a beautiful place in uh, Sitka, Alaska. If anybody's been there before, a town of about eight thousand people. Um, in the uh, in Southeast Alaska, right there on the water, mountains, everything you name it—it's just a, a beautiful place to go and visit. So, really lucky to do that for a week and kind of get away and and kind of refresh, which was really nice. And then I I got home on Saturday night, super late. And then on Sunday, I was very fortunate to be invited to to guest host when Jeff Erickson was out of town for um, the MLB RotoWire podcast on Sunday night with uh, Scott Jenstad. So. That was really cool. really nice of Scott to reach out. I'm uh, very flattered that he did that. but yeah, I'm back I'm, I'm back refreshed. you know everything's going well. All the teams are like slowly creeping and crawling forward you know last week it was like I was mid 200s this week I'm low 200s to high 100s you know so slowly but surely we're gonna we're gonna make a run at third place in at least one league. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. but everything's good. Obviously, like a tough week, I think, in baseball overall with, you know, not only the injuries like glass now, but just the just MLB shooting itself in the foot again, over and over and over again so that the, you know, the discussion isn't about these great pitchers or these great hitters or the generational talents we have that are like 21 years old, 22 years old, you know, it's about how players are cheating again, you know, so frustrating on that level but we we we, we move along how are you yeah, doing
0: i'm good and, and it is very frustrating because like you said they're highlighting it as baseball is cheating not that you know baseball not that players are innovative and in trying to better themselves against the target because you let them do this like it, let's look at the big picture of like this is steroids all over again this was on your watch like this is what you did you wanted this now you got it here you go like it's very very simple stuff and it's really interesting. If they just asked the players or some people involved how to fix this, it'd be so much better. Like uh, Jeremy Blevins put out a tweet today. I had, I had MLB Moving Average on last week, and he's done a ton of research on it. And he talked to like some of the best minds that – I totally forget their names. Um, the, late, the doctor, the female doctor that um, did the research on the different types of baseballs. Um, oh, Meredith. Uh, yes, uh, Meredith. Rose, I think. Yeah, I'm horrible with names. I'm like I, I apologize now. And then um, I think uh, the, the gentleman that does the sim shape – the seam shifted wake um barton he he talked to him and some other people and they talked about how even like in a dozen baseballs not one baseball is the same they all feel different they're all size different the seams are all different so that's part of the reason they use like even if it's just sunscreen and pine tar strictly for grip and that's what like glass now talked about he's like i'm not using this stuff for the spin i'm using it just so when you give me a cue ball i can grip the baseball like it's that yeah. simple. I'm not doing anything else to do it. Where some guys are, it's very evident. Like Eno Saris, I haven't read the whole article, but he came out with an article at the Athletic uh, highlighting all the guys with changes, and he says it's like 44 people have checked out, but it's only like 11 of them that have had massive changes. The rest of them are all within one standard deviation, so that can be minimal. That can be just changing temperature. It's getting warm, like that. That that's easy to do. But there's a handful that are kind of like, okay, let's watch this. It's just it's just a shame, like you said, is baseball shooting themselves in the foot. I have the the Sunday morning news on in the background this this past weekend as we're doing stuff around the house, and Jeff Passons on talking about cheating in baseball. Not not these great players in baseball, a national news. They're talking about cheating in baseball, and it's just not, it, not Vlad
1: Junior, who we all want to hear you know, about, right?
0: Vlad Tatis, any of the like I dozens know. and dozens of young stars that could just highlight this game for years to come. We're talking about cheating in baseball. It's. Yeah. And, it, and it, I, I tweeted it out today, and I, I it's sadly, I think, going to come true, is I already thought had, – I had a really good hunch, I'm not the only one, that there's going to be a labor shortage. There's going to be a strike. There's going to be – it's not going to be pretty, and it might be long. This is going to make it worse. Like, yeah. it's going to make it very bad because players – because what it will be is the players are getting pinpointed as cheaters, so that's going to be a whole other argument at the table. Like, we already had enough problems. Now they threw this into the mix. It's – Gonna be bad. Gonna be bad. So let's enjoy this fantasy baseball season for even the injuries and everything it is, cause next year might be short if we better get something. That's all I gotta say. But it's it has the feelings of something bad's coming. Like bad's coming. So yeah. Let's um well, let's let let's enjoy this season.
1: Yeah, and it's tough because it's the same thing that happened with steroids, like you mentioned before, where it's like you have you have guys who are competing, and it probably starts with one or two guys who start using you know, substances or like the sticky tack or whatever it is. And they're doing really well. And baseball knows that it's happening, right? It's yep. not like a, it was an open and secret. So they let it. They were it encouraging
0: spin. They were encouraging. exactly. Spin. <laughs> they're, doing, they're,
1: they're doing this. And so in order for everybody to, to keep up, they've got to do it. Just like with steroids, right? It wasn't just batters that were on steroids either, right? It was pitchers. We know that, right? So everybody was on it. And so it encourages that to happen. And then you change it mid season. On these guys and again like you mentioned like with the differences in the baseballs from year to year or just baseball to base challenging and so even guys who are using like sunscreen and rosin like glass now mentioned you know and that seems to be you know the vast majority of the league you know just for the grip you saw andrew mccutcheon post like the picture of the guy all bundled up and like you know padding going to the plate you know and just saying this was going to be him going to the plate just not knowing you know exactly what was going to happen, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays off. One note of caution: I think there's been a couple people who have mentioned this, but and I think it's really important to note is with the decreases in spin rate. You know, spin rate is also tied to velocity, so yeah. make sure that you're also looking at any changes in velocity that accompany that before we start pinpointing people as yeah. guys who have been cheating or whatnot. And like you know mentioned, you know there's smaller changes that we're seeing and smaller decreases. And so those may be the guys that also are you just using, you know, sunscreen and rosin. And it's not all the same. And it's going to be fascinating to see what happens, but it's also going to be incredibly challenging because, you know, it's going to be just crazy to see what happens over the next weeks. There's so many unknowns about what's going to happen, whether it's going to yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but well, like the, un-
0: the unknowns of they the way they're going to randomly decide during a game to go check stuff like that's how they they're telling the umpires randomly go check like okay that's going to be feeling like targeting that's going to start a whole other like dilemma situation there and then they have to decide when and who to suspend. They're saying it's going to be starting with a ten game suspension that's paid, but you can't put them on the IL like I, or okay. you can't replace you can't replace them on the roster. I mean, like other suspensions, you can like basically make them an active whatever and do things so it's really weird it's really really weird like um it's gonna feel like the COVID IL all over again last year when you're like oh, it'll be a wednesday and you think you got your guys two starting this week and all of a sudden he's like okay well that sucks like <laughs> here we go and so it's gonna be just one of those take the lumps and go because baseball's screwing it up it's all like there's nothing any analyst can tell you right now that's gonna make it better so
1: what? Well, yeah. yeah one thing i was thinking about is like you know, they're going to check gloves and things like that. It's going to be interesting. Like guys are going to have to get new gloves, mm-hmm. you know, like anybody who has any type of substance on there that they're worried about, like they're going to have to get new gloves. They're going to have to get new equipment. Like it's what going about to the be, catchers?
0: What about the catchers? Cause like it, they have pine tar on their jerseys and stuff from hitting and everything. Like what yeah. if it happens to like, they, they get done hitting real quick and they like they actually hit their glove, go out and the ball hits their glove and they throw it back. They check the ball. Who gets that one? Like it's, there's so many loopholes and like gray areas. It's not going to, it's going to be such a disaster, such a disaster.
1: Yeah. And And then I, I see this quote, like there was an anonymous quote from a player in an article today where he, where they were like, you know, nobody's going to change until they come down hard on somebody. And so now it's like, we got the players being like, Oh, we got to make an example of one of the other players, you know, like, and everybody's been doing it but we're going to decide on like one two three four people we're going to take the brunt of that and kind of have this um this on the record so we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens it's going to be fascinating i just wish they would have done something you know
0: in the um, off season in the off season yeah
1: Yeah. just give us let us know what's happening there's already enough variables that are changing
0: let us know let the players know like simple stuff like (laughs) It's not rocket science here, but baseball always makes it like rocket science. On, on a fun note, our buddy Demon, he likes to know Toby, are you wearing the Blue Jays hat as a part of your apology tour?
1: A couple things. Number one, the Blue Jay hat, it's awesome. It's just a smooth hat. It it's a it's standard smooth hat. It's
0: awesome. Smooth yeah.
1: hat. Nothing to do with me, just a great hat. Number two, you know, the apology tour, it's a shame tour. I want to make that very clear. It's 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 a feeling of shame and embarrassment that I have. For missing the Vlad Jr. breakout, I think we're we're we're, we're safe in saying that he's breaking <laughs> out, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I think you so. heard it here first. But um, you know, I've also I'm trying to make a shift. You know, shame the shame will continue throughout the season because I can't make up for the bad uh, advice that I gave people. You know, it's part of my process. We all make mistakes, but uh, I'm I'm trying to move into appreciation. You know, appreciation and embracing. Uh, a generational talent that, that we have in the game who, I mean, if you just look at what he's doing, it's absolutely freaking remarkable. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's all, let's all enjoy it and have a little fun. And uh, so that's why I have the Blue Jays hat. It's also been a hot minute since I wore this one on the show. So
0: yeah, it's a great hat, great hat. It's one of of the favorites that you wear. I'm a big, big fan there. Um, Let's check out some player movements from the past week at NFBC uh, some names were picked up everywhere. Some were just some cool names to see if uh, how we feel on them. But the most popular addition was Sammy Long of the San Francisco Giants, added in 331 leagues, as high as 224. That was crazy because two things. He's pitching tonight. He's pitched okay. He gave him a few runs. Uh, strikeouts aren't as dominant as they were in his debut in Texas. Okay. But he's pitched okay. He's, he's not like horrible, horrible. Um, my biggest concern with him was, A, how many innings because they're going to use a starter or an opener with him, which they did again on Tuesday night, and how long does he stay up for? Like, Logan Webb will be back in a few weeks. Eventually, Tyler Beattie comes back. I liked him. I put, like, keep him on his bids in. I got him nowhere. I have no Sammy Long. But I just, I didn't understand. A guy. It seems to be a trend, Toby. I don't understand the logic behind some of these break-the-bank bids on guys like this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I think is the is the key, is just the amount that you're bidding on him. He obviously there was some really nice things that he did. I mean, he's got both the slider that was really effective, and he's got the the changeup that was really effective in one start though. And I think that's the thing that's really important to think about is, you know, it's one start, and so in such a small sample, you can get these these wild outcomes like seven strikeouts in four innings pitched. And you might be like, well, he earned those because he was really good. Yeah, he was really good, but the BABIP was low. You know, it was, I think he gave up one hit out of yeah. seven or eight, uh, balls in play. In addition to that, like his swing strike rate, I think was 13%. His CSW was a little over 30, which is good, right? It's above league average, but it's not like striking out, you know, whatever 16 guys per nine innings. So you knew that that was going to kind of come back. And I think the one concern that I had with him was just the fastball The you know, the fastball, uh, and getting strikes in the zone. I think his Z contact was like 94% or something like that, which is really bad. And so again, you know, like, it doesn't mean that he can't be effective, but if you can't dominate in the zone, then you're relying on guys chasing on pitches outside the zone. And as they become aware of your repertoire, as they know that they can maybe lay off of, you know, some of the off speed pitches, if they're able to do that, then, um, then it makes it a challenge. So I still think he was a good guy to go after and to pick up but it's just the amount of the bids, you know, that we're talking about now. And now we're down to like four or $500, right? In a lot of instances. And so if you throw down that $200 bid, that $150 bid, you're talking about losing like a quarter plus of your remaining fab. And we still have, you know, I don't know what it is now, like three-fifths of the season left, yeah, something get,
0: like that. So the end, Yeah, the end of June will be about roughly halfway. So, yeah, we're getting around three-fifths, something like that. So, yeah. it's like – and I think he's – like I said, I think he's a good picture. But one thing you mentioned is in that first start, he lived in the bottom of the zone where he needed either an umpire's help or a to chase, as you mentioned. When he was in the zone, the zone contact, the guy they were hitting, he wasn't unhittable. So, I think people just saw like the one-hit, seven strikeouts, like, oh, this kid was dealing. And he was. He was getting affected that day. But it's one of those like tonight – He's not getting blown up, but the D-backs are hitting him like they're they're like he just gave up a double off the right field wall as we're talking. He's he's not fooling people with his off speed pitches. Like they're in the zone and they're smacking it. So it's he needs to work a little more on that. I think he'll be good eventually, but um, the hype train was big. And Alex Thistlewood makes a good point here. He uh, a couple things. He says, "Hey, bud, with well, the highest bid in a total of hundred leagues is always going to be what the what? WTF? I agree. Um, Two twenty four is the highest. I saw a lot of triple digits. Period. Like a lot of hundred dollar bids. I saw some as low as like 11. That would have gotten me. I had him as eleven, as the highest. I was anywhere from like five to eleven. So, but most places you were fifty plus. But uh, he also mentions used to, re- to refer to the median median bid uh, in in the main. I don't have access to that, so I can't uh, I can't help when we talk about it. I just use the overall page. But top of my head, I'd say the median bid was probably like eighty ish, eighty or ninety. I would assume off the top, of me, just seeing kind of what I saw throughout some people posting stuff. And to me, that was still like, nah. no, not at this point in the season with all the money that's been spent, not for this guy. Like, if you wanted to take a – let's let's throw this out there. I, I had a question from Richard Sands. He's a regular listener of the show. He hit me up on Twitter earlier when I, was, I tweeted some fun stuff about Luis Castillo because he threw well on Tuesday night. And he said, I have a Luis Castillo available in a 12-team league. Would you drop Jordan Montgomery for him? And I basically said, if you aren't, like, running away in pitching, like, if you're not safe in pitching – I would just because if if Castillo turns into at least close to what we expect Castillo to be, he's an ace and you can't find that anywhere. else. like Jomo's good, but he's seen the roller coaster. So my question for you, would you this is why we're talking about not spending on Long. Wouldn't you want to have that 80 to 100 bucks to spend on Luis Castillo than on on Long type thing. That's kind of what the discussion is.
1: Yeah, totally. And and that's the thing like with rookies, we're kind of you know, we're just you know, we're we're hoping in a lot of ways. And his projection was pretty good on a couple of the projection systems. I think Steamer and and the bat had him pretty highly rated too. So we'll see. In in, in uh, main event leagues, he went in forty three leagues, max of one forty six, min of eight. So I think your eighty as kind of the median seems about right. Um, you know, and it's still it's still a ton. And then you also have questions about, you know, it's nice that he's coming after an opener but like you still aren't going to necessarily get the volume that you would get from, you know, like a Castillo is going to be available in a lot of leagues, but you know, volume is also going to be really key. I think as we get further down in the season, because we still don't know what teams are going to do, right? Like our teams that are out of contention, are they going to start sitting, you know, their aces who are pitching really well just to make sure they don't bump up against that 180, 200 innings pitched after last year just to kind of conserve them. Even the guys who are competitive, what are they going to do to cut back? So volume is going to become even more important as we go along. But again, I mean, it doesn't mean Sammy Long was a perfectly fine um, addition. Perfectly fine addition. I think it's just a matter of, you know, managing that fab in the right way.
0: Exactly. Let's have some more fun with it this way. Um, He's way down the list, probably wouldn't even have got to him. But you know, Jackson Coar came up last week. He wasn't available in the PC, got destroyed in two starts. And before he got destroyed, he was the Triple uh, A pitcher of the month. Like he was lights out everywhere. Looked great. He definitely has not looked good the first two. Like Logan Gilbert didn't look good the first two. He didn't look this bad, but he's gotten better. That's not to say Jackson Coar can't get better. He was picked up in forty nine NFPC leagues as high as one eleven, and then all throughout. Would you rather have paid, let's say, eighty bucks? Let's say the median on long, or would you rather put like two or three bucks out just to see what Coar has and put him on your
1: bench? Probably Coar, although, like, the thing about him is, you know, he he didn't just look bad. Like, it was really he bad. Was, he wasn't striking he guys out. Was, he wasn't
0: fooling anybody. It was bad, bad, bad. Yeah.
1: He was, he was really, really bad. So I didn't even actually put bids in on him, which maybe was a mistake. But I also think he's a two pitch guy. And, you know, I had read like uh, Eric Longenhagen, I think on Fangraphs, was also talking about Kowar and wasn't, isn't a huge believer um, in what he's been doing and felt like, you know, a lot of, um, yeah a lot of what he was doing wouldn't translate necessarily at the major league level we'll see whether that ends up being the case but yeah i mean that's that's my general philosophy is to take those kind of lower end shots at guys versus spending a lot of fab on some i've had a few like high-end high-end bids this year shane McClanahan kind of stands out like i spent 200 plus on him in a couple leagues that's been okay you know i mean it's been fine like yet another fine outing um today like doesn't help you a ton doesn't hurt you a ton but i'm hoping that over the course of the season he can kind of turn it around but yeah you, you got to take your shots occasionally but we're getting to that point where there's just so much there's there's every dollar starts to count just yeah. a little bit more
0: yeah no i, I did the co like he was like my third or fourth contingent bid on things for like literally a dollar i got him in a couple of leagues like it was just literally oh uh, well I, we'll see what he's got like and Alex makes a good point he's got the the Red Sox this week and the Yankees next week so we'll we'll see what fun fun that portrays but uh, moving on to the next one here Jake Fraley outfielder for the Seattle Mariners went 276 leagues as high as 131 I'm a big Jake Fraley fan I, I am I'm loving this he's been an on-base machine he's showing some power speed he's been very very good since called back up so I'm honestly not too I think the bids are fine I guess it's one of those guys you could spend some money on. So I I tried to grab him where I could, couldn't get him everywhere because my budget's kind of limited in certain places. But what's your thoughts on Fraley?
1: Yeah, I think Fraley's really, Fraley's a really nice pickup. Um, You know, I think he's going to play every day with the Mariners. Incredible play discipline so far, you know, his chase rate was 14%, something like that. Um, At least when I checked over the, over the weekend, um, when I was doing my fab research, You know there's there's some stuff that's not as good he doesn't have like the highest max exit velo of all time their barrel rate was relatively low at least the last time that i've looked it could it could have changed because i know he hit another home run and he's got a small number of plate appearances but the stolen bases is also key like the fact that he's going to hit some home runs steal some bases mariners are fairly aggressive on the base paths um you know that that's really important especially when you have you know what what look like skills that can produce a pretty high on base percentage, even if the batting average isn't as high, you know, I think that's a really good combination. So he was a guy that I liked a lot, a little disappointed in myself. I mentioned this on the show on Sunday with Scott, but I had him in some bids where I was looking at like shelling down, like throwing down like 20 bucks or so last weekend. And I lowered the bids down like to the kind of $4 range or something like that. Um, and now I I'm kinda kicking myself for doing that, especially in leagues where you need some where I need some speed. So oh well. Um but yeah, I really like him a
0: lot. Yeah. He, he's he's a guy that I was on in like the early preseason on best ball DC type drafts. So I was really happy with him. And didn't like buzz out of Seattle. Well, he's not really gonna have a job, he's hurt, all these things. So I kinda waved waved off on him a bit. So I'm liking him there. So I got stuff stashed away. I wasn't able to pro- to get as much as I'd like either in um season long because just didn't have the funds to do it, unfortunately. I did grab him in Barf like two weeks ago. So I got him super cheap mm-hmm. in Barf a few weeks ago. So that will be nice because I need all the help yeah. I can get there. OVP League, too. That was yeah. That's a really nice pickup. I'm, I'm just dying for live bodies there. It's been a rough season. Mm-hmm. Um, the Atlanta Braves, Tucker Davidson picked up in 228 leagues as high as 111. Had a rough go on Tuesday against the Red Sox. He's been pretty good. Second start, he looks really, really good. Like Much, much better than people thought didn't go so well against boston he's gonna have a second start this week that could definitely change things around i like the pedigree he's gonna have a spot in the rotation for a little bit um i put some like you know 15 to 20 dollars bids on him didn't get him anywhere though
1: yeah he wasn't available in most of the most of my 15 teamers and some of the 12 teamers i think i had him pretty low down there yeah i mean he has looked really good but again like you know, the end zone contact isn't great. And the reason why I go to that so frequently is really like, you know, for me, if a guy can dominate in the zone, that's so important because it means that he doesn't need to kind of chip away at the edges and, and have guys chase. So I thought he was a good, you know, he's got the solid 12.8% swinging strike rate heading into today, you know, a little bit of, um, uh, you know, control issues, you know, with the walk rate. I think he's had a little bit of difficulty with the miners the with that as well. Some luck, you know, the 188 Babbitt heading into today, the, the 89.7% strand rate. We kind of saw him uh early. I think he got kind of babbitted a little bit. I think he gave up. What he give up? Two singles before that Devers home run, and then the following inning, it was like a walk and two singles. So you know, and so those things happen. Um, this was always a really tough matchup. I think he's got. Can't remember. Does he have? Is he easy or tough at the, the second half of this week? Uh,
0: let me check for you. He's got St. Louis.
1: Yeah, this was one of the reasons St. Louis has been really good against lefties. Or the last time I checked, they had been really good against lefties so far this year. A lot of right-handed pats in that lineup. You know, Goldie and Molina and DeYoung and a couple of switch hitters. There so you know. Arenado, thank you. I'm missing like the big the big one there. <laughs> so i wasn't that into it, mostly because of what this what the starts were looking like i mean going up against boston honestly like boston and toronto are kind of on my no go list at this point in time um even though sometimes you'll get burned doing that i think more often than not you'll end up on the on the safer side of things so yeah but he was fine you know some skills some definitely some interesting skills there
0: yeah boston toronto houston are like the the no-go zones for me um you know gibson threw well on tuesday he got the job done you threw well on monday but it's one of those like i can't do it it's 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 wild stuff what's going on
1: i i cannot understand kyle kyle gibson i i know that there's like a kyle gibson crew that has been very interested in him and like i just don't I just can't understand because it's like, he hasn't even had easy matchups recently.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's done great. Like you look at his yeah. game logs. It's like, what the world is going on here?
1: I mean, he's got a 234 Babbitt He's not giving up any home runs. Uh, he's only got, he's got a 13.1% K minus walk though. He's got like a worse K minus walk than league average. Probably. I mean, it's just, these are the guys that crush my soul because it's just like, they're, and when they're on your team, it's great, but it's just like, there's no reason for this. There, there's reason for him to be pretty good, but like I got to look at his game log and look at some of these, some of these starts he's had. I mean, today it was Houston, you know, who was it recently? Um, he's had three great starts against Houston now. That's yeah. what it was. He had, he's had three great starts against Houston, you know, shutting out the Rays on the road, which they're one of the best, most high scoring you know, teams on the road, even the Giants, I mean, haven't been easy. Minnesota, Boston, White Sox. Yes, like, now he's,
0: not murderers row if he could sign.
1: Yeah. Him.
0: yeah.
1: And he's doing it. I mean. Good luck. Cap, Good luck. I can
0: do. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop there, but pretty soon, with everyone hitting the IEL, like can't wait anymore. He's gonna throw him out there. At
1: a, a certain time, he's gonna give up like nine runs in one inning. It's not gonna matter. His ERA yeah. is still gonna be like three. Exactly. You know? So
0: he'll have. He'll have. He's. He's the. He's gonna be the reverse Gombert. Gomber got it out of the way early. G- Gibson will get it late. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those deals. If but you remember, yeah.
1: Gibson gave up like eight runs on one in one inning yep. in his first start of the his season. His
0: debut. I think it was Gibson. It was I think, were they in? Uh, they were in Kansas City. as Gibson versus Keller, I think. It was and was, I remember, yeah, was yeah. opening yeah. Day! I remember stacking. Yeah. I remember stacking that game, and it was a great start to the season because it was just, just bombs away from both sides. Um, five
1: earned one, five earned runs in one third of an inning. Since then, his number of earned runs given up: zero, one, zero, one, one, three, one, two, one, zero, two. That's I outstanding!
0: Mean, outstanding. Can't make that uh, stuff was, up. Yeah. Kyle Gibson, everybody. Kyle Gibson. All right. Next guy we'll talk about here uh, for the D- Detroit Tigers. I know you had interest in him this week. Jose Cisnero. He's picked up in 168 leagues as high as $72. It's always a revolving door. Michael Fulmer is back from the IL. He did not close on Tuesday. Gregory Soto got the close on Tuesday. But you have Soto. You have Cisnero. Maybe you get Fulmer again. What was it in Cisnero that got your attention?
1: Yeah, I was invested. I, I bet, uh, bid a couple of twenty dollar bids on him. Just places where I'm desperate for closers. Um, you know, it was funny. It's one of those situations where sometimes, is sometimes you pick up guys because of the situation, and some sometimes you pick them up because of the skills, right? And with him, I actually was just like, okay, it looks like he's getting closing opportunities in Detroit. I'm gonna run with this. I'm gonna try to pick him up where where I need these need these this type of player. I actually have Soto in quite a few places right now. So I was really happy to see him get the closing job. I almost dropped him, but I was like, they really seem to want to go to Soto. Yeah, they you know, they given really him his chances. Seem to want they to get him
0: it. Chances. Yeah. and
1: I, and I looked into Soto recently and actually the walk rate has dropped a pretty good deal. The swing strike rates up. He's throwing the slider more, the velo's also up. So I didn't really do the due diligence on Cisnero. And then when I was preparing for the show on Sunday, um, I. I looked him up and he's actually been pretty bad. If you look at him recently, not results wise, but skills wise, he's throwing the sinker more often, the four seam less, the below is up, but he's just not getting swinging strikes. He's not getting strikeouts. He's walking a decent chunk of guys. So he's kind of looks a little bit like a a ticking time bomb, honestly. Um, But, you know, I really feel like, you know, Detroit, um, I'm hopeful that Soto can run away with that gig now um, because I do have him in quite a few places and you know having Cisnero and him on a few teams is kind of a little bit of an insurance policy although I didn't expect Fulmer to come back so quick so
0: neither did I I thought he was out for a while and I saw he got activated I'm like what
1: yeah <laughs> that was a surprise honestly it's all luck at this point when it comes yeah. to closers that not not like saying that other people don't have skill but on my perspective like I've just been so off like throughout the whole season on who's going to get the next gig or who's going to pitch well this week like I'm just like just throw it all at the wall. And I'm just hoping that one or two of these guys stick at some point.
0: Yeah. It's like it, there was a discussion, a Twitter thread. It was uh, Rob silver, Scott, Jenstead Zach uh, Waxman. And then I jumped in there uh, to, to give my two cents that they didn't care. They didn't ask me for, it, but I gave it anyways. And it was um, Zach asked, you know, what am I gonna do with Soria? Blah, blah, blah. Not to mention that D-backs just aren't winning baseball games, period. So it's tough to save a game when they're not winning, but it got our discussion of, um, you know, we have the theory, at least some of us do, that bad, even bad teams get saves, and that's true. It's very, very true. You're going to get a handful of saves. At the same time, there's bad teams with committees which make it even harder to get saves. So that's where it gets tough. It's one thing if you're a bad team. Like in the old days, you could still take the Royals and they had what, Montgomery closing or something, whatever his name was. Like, they always had like, just that one dude. He's going to get like 30 save chances. Okay, cool. But now you look at these bad teams. They have so many options, like the Tigers. It's almost to the point where if Cisnero and Soto are both healthy, you just pick one and you ride. You just ride because it's gonna be one week it's gonna be this guy gets two saves. This week he gets none. It's just kind of it's gonna be a, a revolving door. It's kind of like the Giants, they're not a bad team, but Rogers and McGee. It's it is it hasn't even made sense lately. It really hasn't. Like McGee got the save the other night. Rodgers got like two before that. They, they were both on full rest last night when McGee got the save. It was all right-handed batters coming up. There was no rhyme that. or reason. Yeah. Like I thought like, – I literally pulled my app up. I'm like, oh, Rodgers – no, okay, McGee's in the game. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to it anymore. Don't know what to tell you. So, moral of the story, if it's a bad team or a committee, just kind of pick your gun. And, like, you at least have both of them in case something happens, which makes sense at this point in time of the season. But, uh, yeah, there's it, it's a mess. <laughs> it's an absolute disaster um the Los Angeles Angels yeah
1: oh, I was was gonna say, it's so hard to time too like you think about earlier this year the Giants is like the perfect example where it's like early on this season I mean McGee was just crushing it right and all of a sudden he starts to struggle but his numbers are still pretty good right like his whip right now I think is 0.95 and then you have Rogers who hadn't given up any hits hadn't walked anybody but wasn't really striking guys out so then the Giants shift And then regression comes for rogers right he gives up whatever hit after hit after hit after hit because you know regardless of who you are you're going to have a reasonably high babbit and 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 especially when you're that high of a ground ball pitcher and now mcgee you know looks like he's again pitching pretty well he's giving up homers because he gives up a lot of fly balls but he's got a better whip now than rogers does and so now they're shifting over to mcgee and it's kind of like All right, use the hot hand, but also part of this is like, figure out who the best guy for the game is. And unless you see changes in like the skills or what they're able to do, understand that there's going to be the up and down, but because of the team philosophies now, like that's just not how they're doing it. They they're going to use the highest leverage guys and they're going to mix and match. They don't feel committed to like any one guy. And that conversation was. You know, it's super true. It's like right now, more than anything, you want to get teams that stick with a closer. Yep. You know? It's hard,
0: it's hard to find right now unless it's one of like the big, well, like 10 or 11 guys. Like even, well, Jansen gets most of the saves, but he even gives, but that's because it's more of a rest thing. But like most of these guys, there's a handful of teams. We did it before in the season. Like we felt comfortable before the season started I think with what, eight teams maybe? Like, okay, these, like, these are the eight teams. Mm-hmm. Every That means 22 teams are going committee, it looked like, to start the season. And, yeah, it's been a headache ever since. So, we'll, yeah. we'll have to wait and see. And wow. with, with Rogers, I will say this. It's not just to be being a homer defending him. I've watched a lot of his saves. And I said it before a long time ago. I said he's not going to strike guys out. It's going to be ground balls. They're going to have to get a lot of singles to score runs. That Giants defense has been atrocious behind him. Mm-hmm. I have seen them just butcher plays and make bad throws. There's the one Cubs game on a Sunday or whatever or Saturday. He almost blew a three-run lead and it wasn't even his fault. Like they, it, that's why Longo's hurt. He ran into Crawford on a ball that he should never even have tried for. Like it was just such bad defense. But that's just a whole other story that really, really annoys me about that. Because it makes it all goes on Rogers ledger. And then I see guys tweeting out that Rogers is Like that game, like literally should have been three batters, three up, three down. That was just there was one ball that left the infield and they scored two runs. <laughs> it was dreadful. So yeah, that's just me venting. All right. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, 164 teams picked up. $112 max bid for Patrick Sandoval coming off that big, you know, 30 plus whiff game. Then on Sunday, he threw a decent quality start. Looked good. Nothing crazy. So people are taking chances because, hey, we need guys. And Sandoval at one point in time, like a year or two ago, was pitching well enough. He was a fantasy viable player. So I think people are kind of, some might have rekindled some flames there. What were you thinking when you saw Patrick Sandoval? Because I didn't get him anywhere, but I like the guy again he's another guy that i do have like in late rounds of best balls like i have him on rosters
1: yeah no i think of all the guys that went this week he was the guy that i was most interested in i actually you know i, I don't know whether i don't know if he was available in my leagues or what but I, I seem to have just like missed on him or or i didn't have a lot of guys to drop which i'm lucky lucky enough at this point but with Sandoval, the thing that I really like, I mean, number one, he's got the the dominant pitch. I mean, the changeup is absolutely elite. It's the pitch that he's throwing the most. Has like a 30% swing strike rate. I mean, it's just ridiculous. He's also got, I think it's slider. That's a pretty good pitch as well. The fastball isn't great. He struggles with control. But, you know, he's got that, that ceiling, I think, that upside. In addition to the fact that he has over 50% uh, ground ball rate. I believe still um, because of that change up um, because I think maybe he thinks throws a sinker more than, more than a four seamer. I, I should check that out right now, but um, yeah, so I really liked him a lot. I thought of all the kind of pictures that were available. He was kind of the cream of the crop um, to go after um, because I think I can see there's definitely a big, pretty big floor because of that control the control issues I can definitely see him having a couple outings where it's like two innings, four earned runs, you know, just one of those just really laborious, F, you know, in, uh, outings, but then you can also see him having, you know, that seven inning, 10 K 10 plus K type of type of outing that not everybody is capable of doing. So I really liked him a lot. Um, you know, the six, six man rotation is a little bit difficult, but I think at this point with pitching, it's like, if you can find a guy that that's pretty decent. You got to roll him out there, even if it's every six, six days. So I yeah. was him. how about you? Yeah. I liked him a
0: lot. I just, I didn't get him anywhere. Cause I, I, I was trying to be super frugal this week. I'm really trying to similar to you. I'm fortunate now early in the year. I had tons of red suitcases. Now it's not as many. There's still some, but it's like, I'm trying to still leave some flexibility with my bats So the pictures I have available aren't really droppable on mostly. So it's kind of like, okay, well I'll put some bids out and see what happens, but nothing really went flying in that regard. So I didn't get him there. I do like him though. I like a lot of things you said as well. Like he has the pitch mix that that can play. He um, one thing I like about him a lot. Like we talked about Coar. We talked about Long. Sandoval's going to be in that rotation, barring something crazy happening. He's going to be there. Like would Long get demoted after tonight? For all we know, like it's just it wouldn't shock me. I think he play. I think he'll be here for another start or two, But nothing would shock me there. Like he should. He 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 could go back. Uh, you have a few other two. So. Like, that Is, was Sandoval. Kind of yeah. What was that? I was going to say, is Bundy going to stay in that in, in that it, rotation? Bund, 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 Bundy can go too, but with Sandoval, the other thing I like about him a lot is he can go 100 plus pitches. Like we know he can go. These other guys kind of bait him. Sandoval's good. Like he's, he's he's stretched out. He's ready to roll. So that like you talked about needing innings and and just quantity. Like he can get you quantity. So fan of that as well. Uh, and Bundy, yeah, that's a whole other. That's got that got t- Twitter tilted pretty good uh, last yeah. night. Oh boy um let's talk about a re- renaissance in a way sandoval was a renaissance but miguel andahar picked up at 156 leagues as high as 137 i grabbed him in tout and a couple other leagues because i'm just gonna ride the hot wave while i could i got i got him where was cheap i didn't spend a lot of money on him but the dude's got the power going right now he's not walking at all but um he has like two walks but he's uh he's not striking out as much as he used to he's hitting for average he's playing every day in the outfield the yankees need fresh bodies because his they're just dreadful right now so I'm gonna ride the hot hand while I can I'm ready for the other shoe to drop with Anahar I'm very aware of this like I expect I don't expect this to last but I'm gonna ride it while I can so I get adding him I would have rather had Fraley 100 out of 100 but Anahar to me was a good kind of alternate alternative pick if you had to have one
1: yeah definitely um yeah I mean I think I think what you mentioned makes sense I mean he's he's solid. Like we've seen him go through really good stretches before. I mean, you know, he had a ton of press prospect pedigree, a lot of ground balls, you know, high home run per fly ball rate. And you know, the Statcast data isn't necessarily jumping off the page, but it's pretty solid. But I think the nice thing is he makes a lot of contact. And so whenever you got a guy who makes a decent amount of contact, who has some power, you know, that's a really nice combination to have. Even if, Yeah. Like you mentioned the walks, like play discipline is, is, his not his friend.
0: Not his yeah. friend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting, you know, as as they as that lineup gets a little bit more healthy, whether he sticks on there. But you know, just in terms of guy to pick up for short term, I think you know he's a nice little add. And and we know that the Yankees offense at some point in time is going to heat up. You know, they're not this bad. Uh, they've showed glimpses of it. You know, they're going to go on a stretch where they just absolutely crush one month. And so you know, if he's a part of the team when that happens, it could be a real Roping.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. So like the Andahar edition, and if you can get him still, if you're in, in need of outfield help, because outfield's been pretty weak lately. So I don't mind streaming him. Just um, treat him like you're streaming a pitcher with Miguel Andahar. Enjoy it while you can. Drop it when you need to. Um, Dan Vogelbach was a hot commodity this week, and rightfully so. I know you were targeting him. I had him put in a lot of bids. I got him in a few, not in others. Uh, a, he started every day because Kasten here is gone again, at least most days. He's on the strong side of the platoon, if anything. The power's there, and four games in Coors Field with that big man is a beautiful thing. He already went deep on Monday night, so he's already pretty much paid off for a lot of bidders. But uh, he went as high as forty nine dollars. I know you liked him a lot, so I want to let everybody know what it was with Vogelbach that you saw.
1: Yeah, I mean it was really the schedule. You know, he's got um, he's got uh, three games to start off with against uh, the the Reds. All three are against right-handed pitchers. Then he's got four in Coors. You know, only one of those is against a lefty. So he should play six out of seven games, all really nice, um, you know, ballparks playing three at home and then four on the road. Uh, and he's still, he's damn Vogel, but Vogelbach, the batting average is not going to be great, but he's still got some pop. He's got really good plate discipline. He's going to be on base. And so you're just hoping that you get it. And you know, he hit that first home run in his first at bat of the week and felt pretty good. I would not be surprised to see two or three, uh, one or two more uh, this week. And that's really what I was going for. Like that's, that was that was it. He'll be off my team after this week, unless he's got you know some other really nice matchups coming up. But and also with Travis Shaw getting injured, Hira demoted, he really has that job all to himself. So really looking forward to to this week from him. And I think this is this is kind of what I like about this time of the year in Fab is there's a lot less big names, those big expensive guys to go after. It's much more about trying to identify these types of guys that from week to week can help carry your team a little bit or contribute in areas where, where you need it. And so hopefully he, he does that. You know, he didn't do well today just because Castillo is lights out, you know, undeniably an ace ran into a juggernaut, ran After. into a juggernaut for sure. A, a juggernaut who now probably has an ERA under six, maybe. Yep. Yeah, uh, it is. It
0: is under is six. It? Yeah, what it's, is like it? five, it's like five, nine, three. Five nine three.
1: 9 3 look at. I went,
0: I went and looked at the stat line, and they always had the updated ERA at the very end. And I was like, oh, yes.
1: Chipping away. <laughs> He's going to finish so then, the
0: year at like 4-3, and it, that's going to be the best 4-3 ERA. Oh, man, ever. the
1: best 4-3 you've ever got. Because yes. I've got him with like Shane Bieber in a couple leagues. And, um, man, I am I really need him to step up for sure. So No doubt. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because Lito seems like he's turned things. I have like a lot of Gleydell Castillo teams. We talked about. I know you have some as well. And some like we had some other listeners very same boat. Gio seems to, have – he still has a few hiccups that question me, but overall he's figured it out. Castillo, if he gets there, I can get those two guys for four months. I'll be very very happy. Um, Joey Votto. This is a guy we talked about a lot at the end of draft season as like late round picks, corner infield stuff, deep leagues. He yeah, got picked up in 148 leagues for uh, as high as ninety one dollars. I even had people asking me after Fab like, what do you think about Joey Votto? I'm like, guys, I know you don't listen to everything I do, but I, that was one guy I banged the drum for a lot towards the end of the season, like when we did our recap shows, our articles, you name it. I think he's a great corner infield option that was basically free in drafts. He's come back from the IL. He's played seven games. He's hit safely in five straight now. I don't know what he did on Tuesday, but he has three home runs. He's still walking a ton. He's playing great, and if you need a corner infielder or a first baseman, he's going to play almost every day. You ride that way. Votto still has – he's not going to be the average guy. We talked about it, but the power will be there. That Reds team will put up a lot of runs in Great American Small Park during the summertime. So yeah. I you, I think you grab him wherever you can right now, especially in 15-teamers.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I he's going to be a real key part of if my teams do really well. I picked him up in all three of my online championships, or at least the, the two that I didn't have him, I think, already. Him and Ross Stripling I had like in every single one because Ross Stripling next week has – um, a start at home against Miami, or no, on the road at Miami, I think, and then at home against the Orioles for a two-step. And he's been pitching a lot better. Velos way up, um, and so with Votto, like, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's hitting really well. Like you look at the Statcast data, the max exit of is really nice at 113. Barrel rate's really nice, uh, above 12%. The batting average is not going to be what it used to be, like you mentioned. Um, you know, but a 237 batting average with that, you know, in today's game, like that's like better than the league average.
0: Yeah, so he's, at worst, he's a league average batting uh, average guy, uh, tons of pop. If, and obviously OBP still stands tall. Like he's still beautiful there. Wow. So beautiful. Yeah. He, he's getting, I mean, and even with his age and everything that's goes like all the shuffling in Cincinnati, they still hit him like fourth every day. Like he's yeah. just, they pencil him in there. So he's sitting right in the Beautiful spot in a very good line. Like, he's right behind Winker and Castillo. And now India's leading off and getting on base at a ridiculous clip. Yeah, India. Like ever since he started leading off, I wrote about it this morning in one of my articles. And I was like, geez, Louise, like it just popped off what he's done since the nine games since leading off. It's amazing what happens when you put a guy like Winker and Castillo behind you. So the guys have to throw you fastballs because they don't want to walk you. The kid's raking now. So this Reds team, they're going to be a force. They can get any semblance of pitching from Castillo and maybe Gray comes back from the IL. This isn't like – this, is this is a fantasy show, but the Reds could be sneaky interesting in that central division as the summer goes on. That offense is legit. Um, we'll go over a couple more. Speaking of the Reds pitching, Vladimir Gutierrez, uh, he made his fourth start on Monday. got picked up in a uh, 147 leagues, as high as $75. He's given up no more than two runs in every start. He's gone at least five innings in every start, six or more Ks in the last two starts, I've seen a lot of mixed reviews uh, on the Twitter about him. You know, he's got a two seven four ERA, but a five two two x fit. He's got ten walks in his twenty three innings to go with his nineteen Ks. When you dig in on a guy like Gutierrez, when you look at his, his numbers and everything, are you a believer or not? Because he seems to maybe be getting a little better each start now.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the case. It could be that he's getting better, that he's improving. I mean, yes, yesterday's start was certainly you know the best that he's had. I'm I'm gonna check out whether he's he's got any increase in velocity or anything like that as, as he's gone, no, it's gone down. Um, you know, I just don't see it. You know, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. Like what I see is a below average swing strike rate, a below average O swing right around league average, slightly below Z contact, which is, which is good to have that. But then a 206 BABIP, an 82% strand rate, you know, a 9.5% K minus walk, uh, 0.78 home runs per nine. You know, I just don't, I don't see the makeup or, or what, you know, he can really do. Like he's not generating a ton of ground balls. I think at this point he's just gotten a lot of fly balls instead of line drives. And, you know, so I, I expect him to run into one of these like one or two innings pitched five or six runs given up. And all of a sudden he kind of looks pretty similar to, to the pitcher we anticipated, the slider does look decent. That's the one thing that I'll say is, you know, 19.7% swinging strike rate on it, 75% Z contact, 44% O swing on that pitch. So maybe it could be that, you know, maybe he was throwing the slider a little bit more in his last outing, which I'll check out right now. You know, that could be a road to success. And certainly the, the, the Reds aren't afraid to throw a guy more. Yeah. So he threw it about 25% of the time the most of any outing so far. So he does have a pitch that could get him there, but you know, uh, at this time, I would be really worried about a blow up happening at some point soon,
0: yeah, I have no shares in because I could not get a read on him at all. The more I looked at him, I just couldn't couldn't lock in anything that made me feel all warm and fuzzy. So have no shares of Gutierrez, but he did pitch good on Monday. I'm just curious because, like I said, a lot of like you're either all in or you're all out all over Twitter. It was pretty entertaining watching the love for him. Uh, any other guys that uh, were on your radar that you made some moves on this, this past week in the NFBC? No, the
1: only thing that confuses me is whenever I see his name, I see Vladimir Guerrero.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say it every time. And I will mention, like, we won't talk about these guys, but Max Stassi should be on everywhere. i just, please do that. And Bobby Bradley is, like, definitely a guy to either add or watch very closely, because he'll be added by the end of this week. But he yeah, had another home run on Wednesday. Tuesday like he's he's not he's not just power which is what like everyone talked about he's hitting for average right now which we'll see how long that lasts for i get it his babips through the roof but he's he's looked like a brand new man compared to the guy we saw come up last year and everyone was all pumped for it and didn't do anything he looks really good right now so
1: yeah um the only other the only other guys that i added um, i added um I added Ross Tripling i mentioned him he's looked uh, really good recently you know the results haven't been as good but I really like him, what I'm seeing from him, especially in the velocity department. Uh, Caleb Smith was picked up a lot last week, um, I think. So I won't touch on him, but it wasn't a really active week. I think I think it was my least active week so far. Um, you know, yeah, nobody nobody really. I mean, one guy that I do like that may be available in 12s is Luis Urias. Yeah, I was about um, with, to say yeah, he just Luis got activated. Yeah, yeah. He's looked really. He's just been. He's looked really good from just a batted ball perspective, and he's been leading Played off. Discipline too. skills, batting lead off. Now with Shaw with the shoulder injury, he's really got you know a role in that lineup, regardless of what's happening. So he's another guy that I I think I may have added.
0: I added him. Um, I had him in, I added him in a lot of places last week when uh, Wong got hurt because I, I figured to go there, and he's got like two or three position of eligibility. So yeah, he's got second short and third. Yeah, now with Shaw going down, that just locks him in even more. Like you said, his battered ball skill is actually very, very good. And if he's leading off, it's even obviously better. So, yeah, I'm with you there. If he's available and you need some depth, even if it's just depth on your just bench, because injuries are going to keep coming, folks. So, the, the, uh, the option to have that guy that can play second, short, third, multi, or middle infield, corner infield, you take advantage of something like that.
1: So. For
0: sure. But yeah, I'm with you. It was a very light week for me, too. Like I said, I got some Jackson Coar for like a dollar um i got some trevor williams for like two dollars I, I literally none of my main bids it went anywhere i was all like contention bids because trevor williams is supposed to be back this week they pushed him back one more week so he's got a two-step next week and um originally was supposed to be like midday sunday he had a two-step this week and that got moved to a one-step uh as of late sunday i'm like okay i'll still take the one start against the mets that's fine and now he's a two-step come next week against cleveland and the Dodgers, so it's like a good and a bad. So we'll see how see how that goes. But uh I might I might not even use them, but again, it was two dollars. So it's speculative, just do some stuff to churn and burn and see what happens. But yeah, very light week for me as well. But go check out the um the players that got added this past week. There's some good names on there that might be hit, sitting around, at least in a twelve team league for you, that you can take advantage of like a Brendan Rodgers got added in like seventy leagues. He's he's still playing every day, even with story back. And the kid is good. Prospect pedigree is there, seems to be hitting. So just keep an eye on guys like that. That's what I would say. And um, Alex Thistlewood makes a great point. What, like With all the negative news we get for injuries, we got good news on Monday. Eloy Jimenez was cleared for baseball activities. And I know I was being optimistic, and uh, Derek Rhodes like, kind of slowed it down a little bit, very nicely, of course. And like most things on Twitter, he like, was nice about it. But even if we get him back in, say, August, and we get anywhere from six to eight weeks of Eloy Jimenez that's beautiful thing that's because he was supposed to be out all year that's pretty much like maybe a little september but he was pretty much done and the idea that the idea that we can get six to eight weeks of Eloy because he was dropped everywhere because the reports were he was done so alex says save some money for Eloy. keep that in mind maybe not this week or next week but maybe all-star break start throwing a little Eloy out there to see what happens so we shall see yeah
1: yeah one Um, one guy that i did um I forgot I went heavy on was uh spores. spores oh, on, the, for on the City. Rangers. Yeah. Rangers, who blew, Rangers it, who just blew it. We just blew a save, apparently. Um oh, who blew geez. a save and a Kyle Gibson. Um a Kyle Gibson win. So yeah. But um yeah, I just thought that he was kind of next guy up just based on how they were pitching and his skills have been really good. I mean, he's got like a 25% K minus walk. I think this year yep. strike out a lot of guys, he struck out two in his inning. You only gave up one hit, but it was a Carlos Correa home run. So, yep. Oh, well it happens. Hopefully he gets the next shot too. And you know, with Kennedy likely being traded at some point during the season, he wouldn't be a, a bad guy to have, um, in case, in case he gets moved on. Cause the Rangers have been one of the teams that have stuck with a, a solid closer the whole time.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's take a couple listener questions because we have a couple listener questions. Sammy Reed kind of uh, have a, has a tongue-in-cheek comment, but it's it's an interesting one. Do you have a list or spreadsheet of recent biggest spin rate gainers, i.e. pitchers who are likely to be impacted the most by spider attack restrictions? I don't. I don't know if Toby does, but know, Saris does at The Athletics so I go check that out. That's
1: my two cents. Yes, I, I do not. Um, I, I don't, but um, yeah, I just read what other people do.
0: <laughs> yeah, let let me like, give me two seconds here because I even when I see articles I like, I mention this on Twitter. I will email them to myself so I read them at a later date know. and time. And let me find this one. It was a spin rate article I saw on Monday or Sunday or Sunday because uh, Mike Curling quote tweeted it, so I got on my I, my um, vision. Ryan Venancio, good Twitter follower. He works at nextondecks.com. Uh, dot com. He wrote a spin rate report. I look at recent MLB spin numbers. He did like 30 pitchers. So if you want to go look at something else there, he's got a list of uh, 30 pitchers as well. So Eno's got his, but if you want to help the the little guys out, Ryan's got you too. He's doing some good work. So go check out the goods there. So there you Uh, go, Sammy. We
1: have have breaking news, Bubba. I don't know if it's really breaking news, but... Jose Altuve just hit a walk-off Grand Slam off of Demarcus Evans.
0: Uh, Okay, uh, this isn't a victory lap show, but... The Altuve 10th round stuff is looking
1: good. I wish <laughs> I had more of him. I, I haven't I have on that, that most. Tommy school, but...
0: Baez in like the 8th or ninth round. Yeah. <laughs> Those are looking good. Even though I have Javi on my bench this week because he was out Monday with an injury and they said he'd probably be out for another day or two. He comes back today and goes yard. So that's fun. <laughs> I'll bring him back on th- Friday. see any place it <laughs> for the weekend. Um, Guilds has a question for you. Which Vlad jersey should I be ordering, powder or royal blue? i like you. the powder i, I like too. the powder yeah, i like I the do. powder blue. Yeah. it goes well with that hat
1: yeah and um shout out to the guilds he he posted how he's doing so far in in the main events and um, online championships i know he's winning i'm in an online championship with him which is like a just uh it's got vlad Sedler and john fish in it as well and uh he's winning that one um you know and has a really good team but he's winning like a lot of his league so shout That's out to see. him
0: I um, tweeted something out the other day with his rankings. Maybe it was a week or so ago. He's, yeah, kicked, yeah. he's kicking butt right now, like yeah, big time. Totally.
1: totally. Yeah. So, shout out to him. I mean, everybody who's doing super well this year, it is very, very hard. It takes a lot of skill, and uh, kudos yeah. to you.
0: Yeah. I've been saving my, I, I, I don't want to show anything of where I am because I'm just waiting for the bad stuff to just go because un- it can run ravel so fast. So totally. we're just we're having fun right now and hoping things keep going. That's why I
1: post when I'm doing really poorly because yeah, when smart, I post smart. When I'm like doing mediocrely, then it looks like oh wow, look, you're doing much better. Yeah, only, way, only one place
0: to go, but up, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> there you go.
0: I'm with you there. Uh, Freed at Freed Minds asks, Thoughts on Soto and realistic expectations for rest of season. I'm assuming Juan. Juan? that's what I'm assuming. And um I'd say he's like the like uh, of the best players in baseball i want to take third or fourth but he could be first he could be fifth. there's so many good players i wouldn't i'm not worried about him i know people are worried about him i'm not worried about juan soto
1: yeah um i am not worried about juan soto either i mean i think a good thing to do is just to check out the rest of season projections i think that's a really good thing to do just to kind of check what your ideas are or like what this small sample we have so far what they've been able to do how that impacts, um, how that impacts what, what the projection systems see moving forward. And actually Eno in the most recent um, rates and barrels had a really good, him and De- um, uh, Derek Van Riper had a really good discussion just about kind of regression and how it's baked into projections and things like that. But just to give you a sense, I mean, the bat X has Juan Soto hitting 304 with 22 home runs. 65 runs, 63 RBI, and seven stolen bases in the rest of the season, which gives him about a line of, you know, uh, probably 285, 30, 100, 90, and eight. You know, so a really good season, not necessarily a Soto season, but a really good season. And essentially what it just means is He's expected to be really, really good moving forward, like he was earlier on this season. But he already has; he's already performed under what you know a lot yeah. of people, I think, were expecting, what the projections were expecting. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to overperform moving forward, but it means that you know the, the true talent level is still incredibly high.
0: Yeah, I, I, we've got to get to the point now where people are thinking guys are disappointments and everything. It's like, as much as it sucks because you had them on your roster for two months, you just got to kind of forget about things and realize Soto's healthy now. It's gonna warm up in, in Washington. We know that ballpark plays live. He's gonna ha- he's gonna unless something weird happens, he's gonna be Juan Soto the rest of the way. That's all you can focus on here on out. Like we talked earlier in the show, if Castillo can just pitch like close to Castillo for four months, that's all we can hope for right now. We can't like sit there and nonstop like. That's why we joked. He's at five nine three right now. Yes, like let's just like like you just gotta kind of what's done is done. As bad as it sounds, you can't we can't be sitting there dwelling on that. You got to move on and. Pray for the best. Um, another listener question in the chat, watching the show with us, Alex Thistlewood with a good one. Listener question, preference between Austin Hayes and Harold Ramirez. I know we've talked about both of them in recent weeks for Fab stuff. Austin Hayes got reactivated from the IL uh, a couple days ago. Good ball player. I think I still have Harold Ramirez over Austin Hayes, but both very good. Like I, it's close. What about you?
1: Yeah, I want to say I would have – I mean, it depends on what you need. Yeah, Hayes I mean, is your Hayes,
0: power guy. Ramirez is your average guy.
1: Like that's right. Yeah, I see Hayes is going to get stolen bases. So let's see. So Hayes has played uh, in four of five games since returning from the IL. He's hit fifth fifth in all of those games, and then Ramirez has been playing pretty much every day in the middle of that lineup. Yeah. So I would say if Hayes is playing every day, then I would lean Hayes just because I think he brings the speed which Ramirez doesn't necessarily, or hasn't in the past, I should say. He probably, yeah, so probably won't, probably um, won't. And there's some limit to what Ramirez can do in terms of power just because he has such a high ground ball rate, 53.4%. Um, uh, also doesn't have great plate discipline um, either, but makes a lot of contact. So I think both of them and 15-teamers are really solid. I think Hayes, I would probably prefer a little bit just because of the speed. Um, and I think the context is better with the Orioles just playing in that ballpark. Yeah. So I might lean Hayes in that instance, but I also think you need to monitor the outfield and how they how they utilize the outfield with the Orioles. Because I think Ramirez at this point in time has a little bit more locked in playing time and there's a little bit more competition in, in the Orioles out, outfield for
0: Hayes. 100%. That's a big part of it too. Like Ramirez, barring something weird, he's not going anywhere where Hayes, you have Santander, you have Mullins, you have Castle. You have Mancini's going to be stuck at first, but you have – I know I'm missing one other one. There's there's a few other moving parts there in in Baltimore. So um, Hayes is good. He's going to get to play, but it's weird because he used to play at the top of the order. And now Mullins Mm -hmm. has that locked in. uh, And I think even Mancini's hitting second or third. They've been moving that second or third guy around. So that's what moved Hayes down to fifth, where when he was at the top of the order, it was really nice, like beautiful. But, um, yeah, they're both really good ballplayers. Like, to me, it's close, and I, I like how you broke it down to what your team needs because that'll kind of separate things out and, and go from there. But Hayes batting fifth, maybe he turns into more of an RBI guy. We'll see, we'll see what he does, but it c- could, be, could be quite interesting. But uh, Toby?
1: Yeah, Al- Alex Thistlewood is, is pointing out. He's putting pointing out all our errors on this podcast, I mean, over here. But he does point out that Hayes has zero stolen base attempts. And when you look at the rest of the season projection, both Ramirez and Hayes are at two um, each. I always thought of Hayes maybe as being a little bit more of a speed guy. But um, I could be wrong, and that's why it's always really good to check your uh, assumptions and look at the at the data. Um, so I would say, um, you know, I still think I probably prefer Hayes because there's a little bit more pop there, and the lineup um, and the situation might be a little bit better, but maybe it's not the stolen bases that really carry it, but they're pretty close. Uh, those
0: he's, two. he's not running much, I, I would imagine, because he's been hurt a lot this year. He's been on the IL twice, at least twice so yeah
1: i I don't have any of them so i don't
0: know what's on the IL for i'm I'm pretty sure at least one of them was like hamstring related or something Mm -hmm. like that so that'll that'll cut down on the steals from time to time but hey we'll see they're both very close uh i'm a harold ramirez guy but nothing against austin hayes either nothing at all uh thanks for all the questions alex much appreciated and toby that'll wrap us up we're in the books another episode uh fab recap listener questions listeners are uh a we'll, little we'll slow this week, a little slow this week. Summer vacation. Um, I, I don't know. No, we'll to, people starting to do that
1: football research already, yeah, guys. It's, it's just it's
0: easier fab periods for us, Toby. It's a good thing. Yeah. So, no, good. but uh, final thoughts before we wrap things up.
1: Um, no, I mean, I think you know, just keep uh, plugging away. You know, I was just I was only kind of joking about the football thing. I think a lot of people, this is the time of year that. You know, a lot of people in season long, if their seasons aren't going great and they're not fully invested, then that attention starts to, you know, look in different directions and maybe switch over to football a little bit. And so it's really an opportunity in the next little bit where we can gain some ground, especially like if you're down in the counting stats, you know, if you're down in runs or RBI or even home runs and stolen bases, you can make up a lot of ground in in the second half of the season. So don't give up. Keep plugging away. Keep that league integrity in place. Um, but if people aren't going to do that, then make sure you're that you're in a position to take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Like, if you're in position, this is the time we talked about the kind of, like, limited uh, bidding coming up. We talked about how we kind of kept it frugal. Like, you can do that week in and week out. You're going to be surprised what you start getting. Like, you're going to be, like, even, like, the Vogel box, like Toby said. Look at the schedules. We've mentioned it many times. Every time I do fab, I always have that Roto-Wire, like, two- to three-week forecast out. Because it's not just for pitchers. It's literally like, hey, what hitters have these matchups coming up? Like, be a week early. If you if you have the room on your bench, not everybody does right now. Be a week early. Start getting these guys nice and cheap. Like Toby mentioned, he got stripling more so for next week. So you can do things like that. Vogelbach. Like, Coors weeks are the easiest ones. And a lot of people talk about it. But when you see the bids, not a lot of people bid on it. Like, you can – Urias, Vogelbach. There's a lot of brewers. Everyone looks at the Rockies. guys. Like, oh, let's go pick up Daza and Fuentes. Okay, whatever. But they can't hit home runs like Vogelbach and Urias. Like, let's look at the big picture here on what uh, what works. So um, there's, there's lots of little niche things you can do for very cheap. So keep yeah. that in mind as you, you speculate things and uh, grind on because it's still a grind. We're almost halfway there, almost halfway. It's it's going to be a long one, but uh, it, it's been fun, Toby. We'll uh, do this again next week. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. check out Toby on Twitter at Batflip Crazy. I am at BD Intric. This was Bubba and the Batflip episode 87.